0: It's part of my my daily prayers. Please, Lord, um, um, will you just put it into Saban's heart that he decides to walk away and retire? He's done enough, dear Lord. Please bless him the rest of his life. But can you just have him resign as the Alabama head football
1: coach? Flip <laughs> flip through Ben's prayer journal. <laughs> Day twenty six. Please let Saban retire. Day seventy one. Please let Saban retire. <sighs>
2: It's time for the Brew and Shavers Sports Podcast. Coming at you every week to
1: talk all the things that make us love sports. The games, the rivalries, and of course, the personalities. The March. I almost said the March, man. I like, I'm, I'm going to go to
0: the Walmart. Uh. I like indefinite articles, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Can we just start over? Absolutely. Hey everybody, welcome back. It's Ben and Darren, the Brew and the Shavers, with you on the Brew and Shaver Sports Podcast. Thanks for joining us for another episode in this wild and wonderful, can't get enough of college football season. It's been fun so far, hasn't it, Darren? It,
1: it, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And you know, you and I are such fans of it. it it's been a fantastic season and and you've really been some great games to enjoy. But I mean, it's as long as it's going there's some great games to enjoy. We're we're good. We're <laughs> It's just exciting in and of itself to be back in this deep into our college football season.
0: We want to start off the show by veering from college football to professional football and and pay homage to a true legend of the game, Dick Butkus passed away at the age of 80 part of a fearsome Chicago Bears defense. When you saw number 51, you knew you were in trouble. Mm-hmm. Not only was he a two-time NFL defensive player of the year, he was a five-time All-Pro, eight straight Pro Bowls, I believe. He uh, he dominated. He was, he was feared. He uh, intimidated his opponents, played at the University of Illinois. I believe they put a statue up of him. I think that's uh, right. Which is good, but... Just one of those um, all-time greats, Darren. There's a story, I think I saw it on one of the NFL films. Do you ever watch those those NFL films? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And uh, it was one of the defensive linemen for the Bears that played with Butkus. And and this, to me, encapsulates who Butkus was. The, The lineman was in the process of making a tackle and bringing the guy down, and all of a sudden he hears from behind him Butkus is yelling, Hold him up!
1: Hold him up! <laughs> Hold him up! That's
0: that's <laughs> Dit Butkus. That
1: is. Uh, you know, I, I don't think I realized until just all of the conversation, uh, you know, over the last couple of days after the uh, everyone talking about him after his passing. I, I don't. He never played in a playoff game during his oh, entire God. career. Uh because they, I mean, those were some tough years for the for the Bears. It, it, let me say this. I, I'm almost positive it was he never played in, but but I know for sure he never won. I, I think he never played in a playoff game, but it may have been he never won a playoff game. Either way, you hate to see somebody that had that storied of a career, an individual career, not to be able to have those team accomplishments as well. Yeah. Yeah. He definitely had an incredible career. But of course, now he also had a great TV career. You know, how could you forget? You know, he was the downstairs diner owner in My Two Dads, right? Everybody remembers that, right? Mm-hmm. No.
0: Such as <laughs> <that just> me. <laughs> what they may not remember is he actually had a role in Gremlins
1: too. <laughs> now, you know, that's a fun fact you should know that I bet a lot of people walk away going, really? I didn't know that because you and I basically said, really? <laughs> exactly. exactly. I didn't know that. <laughs>
0: I love this quote from uh, Dick Butkus. He, he said, there's only one thing I've ever uh, wanted to do, play pro football. Everyone seems made for something. And I've always felt that playing football was a thing I was supposed to do. I love the game. And he played like he loved the game, a great ambassador of the game. Dick Butkus will be missed. Absolutely. Absolutely let's go back to college football, where we've got good news out of North Carolina. Tez Walker was declared eligible by the NCAA, played his first game, six receptions. Now, Darren, in a previous episode, you really Mm -hmm. went after the NCAA for their treatment of Tez Walker. (laughs) Do you feel a little vindicated now? What are you thinking? Uh,
1: Well, I mean, obviously you feel vindicated for him, but at the same time, it's still a joke Uh, that it took this long. And then the NCAA says that they it took this long because there was some undiscovered evidence or undisclosed evidence from North Carolina. And so now that they have that, they all of a sudden can can declare him eligible. You're talking about covering up for yourself. It's still the NCAA still looks like a joke and you still hate it for this young man that he missed the time that he did. But it's awesome that that it happened and it, he was able to play this past Saturday and we'll be able to finish the season.
0: And of course, the NCAA had to get its digs in, claiming that North right. Carolina had not revealed pertinent information. Absolutely. We're just glad Tez Walker is back on the field. It's good exactly. to see that's what that, matters. That got resolved. Yep. Speaking Absolutely. of being on the field, Darren, we've got big news tonight, Tuesday. We have football games.
1: That's a beautiful thing.
0: <laughs> in middle Tennessee, Liberty and Jacksonville State, Coastal Carolina, and Appalachian State. And then games on Wednesday, and how about this intriguing matchup on Thursday? We used to cover the Big Twelve, but this one mm-hmm. caught my eye. West Virginia is going to Houston. Okay, so that'll be
1: that'll be interesting. Over. Yep
0: that that might be that might be worth tuning in for.
1: I tell you the the, the exciting thing about those games that you just um, that you just read off every night, even though they might not be you know, headliner top 25 games. There are some very intriguing matchups that should be some good quality football. I think the Louisiana tech MTSU game should be a, a good game to watch. It should be a fun game to watch. Neither team's having the season that they want to. but it still should be a good game to watch. And there seems to be one of those every single night, which is awesome.
0: Yeah. It's, it's going to be like this, I believe till uh, Thanksgiving.
1: Yeah. Uh, that's almost, just
0: about every night. It. Is, is there a professional <laughs> or a college game? So right.
1: Yeah.
0: If you love football, this is your season.
1: It's This is, as we've often discussed, this is truly the most wonderful time of the year. <laughs> <laughs>
0: nice. Well, let's get into our week six takeaways, surveying all the games this past week in the SEC uh, and, and in other leagues as well. Darren, mm-hmm. what, what's your number one takeaway from this past weekend
1: I don't I don't mean to to pile on or to sound negative but I, I think there's something glaringly obvious that has to be said big 12 I admire your efforts of what you're trying to do for your 2024 and your 2025 uh, seasons uh by bringing in uh, our 23 and 24 seasons by bringing in so many people So many new teams, but man, this past Saturday, you were absolutely showcased by an incredible football game by two teams that one of them's probably going to win your conference and they're on the way out the door. That's very – I hate that for you, Big 12. I really do. I'm I'm very happy for the SEC, but I hate it for you, Big 12, because truthfully, if you fast forward a year – and everything plays out exactly the way it has so far in this season. That game this game is an SEC game this week and the only ranked team in the Big 12 is Utah. And and, and their game was was would be lackluster at best if things were kind of going the way they are this year with with the opponents they're playing. It would be a little bit different cuz they'd be playing Big 12 opponents, but still a number 16 Utah versus an Oklahoma State or something It's just not going to have the same ring as as the Red River rivalry and and what was showcased this past weekend. I'm very excited for the SEC, but, man, I hate it for the Big 12. It just really showed how different things are going to look and and the hit that that league really is taking by losing these two teams next year.
0: They need to somehow get with Colorado officials and try to – to get Dion locked into a long, long term, because Colorado can we help
1: a, with that? Yeah. A little bit of shot in the arm, but other
0: than that, uh, I I read today, Darren, that uh, they're making an effort to sign uh, Gonzaga. Of course, that doesn't do anything for you football wise, but, no. but basketball wise, yeah. But yeah, great that's which, there.
1: that's an interesting move in and of itself. We'll talk about that during the off season when it's not football season. <laughs>
0: That's a great what's takeaway. Your
1: first, what's your first takeaway, Ben?
0: My first one is SEC quarterback play. We've The media is inundating us with Pac-12 quarterbacks, Pac-12 quarterbacks. Uh, but let's back up a little bit, and let's really look at the statistics here. Out of the top 10 quarterbacks in terms of passing yards in the country, there are four SEC quarterbacks. That's more than any other conference, including the Pac-12. Leading that group is Jaden Daniels with 1969 yards. Now, some wow. people are saying, oh, LSU, they're they're they've lost two games. If they they lose another game, that's going to take Jaden Daniels. That defense is going to take him out of the Heisman. But let's back up because there's a quarterback out at USC who won mm-hmm. the Heisman last year and his team mm-hmm. had three losses. So Jaden Daniels has got to be in the consideration for one of the best quarterbacks in the country. Carson Beck from Georgia is number four, uh, fourth-ranked overall. Jaden Daniels, number three. Carson Beck, number four. Uh, Brady Cook coming in at fifth from Missouri. And Dylan Gabriel, who we're already claiming in the SEC from Oklahoma, (laughs) coming in sixth. So four SEC quarterbacks in the top ten. Let's, let's yeah. give them some props.
1: Agree completely. That's a great your number, take.
0: How about your number two, Darren?
1: Well, speaking of Dylan Gabriel, it was just a couple of weeks ago that uh, my, my belief was firm that Oklahoma had the potential to be giant killers. I would like to take a moment and change just a small part of that sentence. Oklahoma Sooners, are giant killers (laughs) because because here's the thing not only did they obviously beat texas who's the number three ranked team in the country they did it in a way that showed that they maintained composure and could do do what they needed to do even in the most stressful of, of situations i mean any other team many 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 other teams even in that circumstance with a good team would have failed, fallen to the pressure and not been able to complete what they did and do what they did in the last little bit of that game. They are showing that they have composure. They are showing that they have the strength on both sides of the ball. I mean, Dylan Gabriel has a 9.7 yards per attempt average in passing. So literally every time the ball leaves his hand, it's going for a first down. That's his average per attempt rushing. They have 6.7 or rather yards per play. They have 6.7 yards per play and, and their opponents are only, they're only allowing their opponents less than five yards per play. So they're getting it done on both sides of the ball. They really will step up and be giant killers. Most likely if they, they have to face in the big 12 championship, it's, it's, Texas versus Oklahoma again, if they pull that off, you're talking about being a giant killer. That is is fee-fi-fo-fum level stuff. I mean, they are climbing the beanstalk and chopping it down in a big way. But for right now, even without looking ahead to that potential rematch for today, they are giant killers that didn't luck into a win, that did what they needed to do to take care of a win. It was an impressive showing for Oklahoma.
0: They're looking like a playoff team.
1: Yep. Agree completely. Agree and, completely.
0: And I'm trying to remember, Darren, who was their quarterback before – or their, their, not their quarterback, their head coach before – who was their head coach before Brent Venables? You know, I remember Bob uh, Stoops. Yeah. I remember Barry Switzer. It seems like there was someone else in there, but I can't remember who it was.
1: He kept screaming – uh please don't make me play them in running West. What was his name? Hmm.
0: hmm. But I'll tell you something. <laughs> I think we're seeing that they are going to be better without him. Yeah, that's exactly right. Most people would not have thought of.
1: Mm-hmm. And I, and I tell you another thing, it, it you believe in Brent Venables and his ability to, to to coach a team because of the turnaround that they've had this year. Last year obviously wasn't what anybody wanted or expected, but you can definitely see where they're starting to right the ship and things are getting better this year. But not only that, you can see what he brings to the table as a defensive coordinator without any form of hesitation or doubt when you look at what Clemson has looked like since he left town. <laughs> he he's he's got credentials all over the place right now that shows he knows what he's doing (laughs) for sure.
0: He does. He does. Well, my second takeaway is sec wide receiver play again in the top 10 receivers in the country, in terms of receiving yardage, there are four sec receivers, Luther burden from Missouri, 793 Mm -hmm. yards Malik Neighbors from LSU, 771 yards. Xavier Leggett from South Carolina, 606 yards. And Brian Thomas Jr. from LSU, 603 yards. Again, the quarterbacks in the SEC, the wide receivers in the SEC, it's time to pay attention to what's happening and mm-hmm. I don't know, I think, is it anti-SEC bias from from people in the media? I don't know. I, I watch every week and listen to these guys pick games, and I see them pick against SEC teams, and they want yep. to talk about uh, USC. They want to talk about Washington. Um, mm-hmm. But when you look at the statistics, Darren, the quarterback play and the wide receiver play, there's no conference better than the SEC.
1: And the amazing thing is, and, and, and I won't claim the point is my own, but it's the point you made earlier when talking about the quarterbacks. W- when you point to the irrefutable evidence of what the quarterbacks in the SEC are doing compared to the rest of the country and, and the wide receivers, which, by the way, great points on, on your part on both of these. But when you point to that irrefutable evidence, then you start to hear excuses about why, well, you know, this team's got this many losses, and this team didn't do this, and this team hasn't done this, and it's like you can point to things that have went on on the West Coast where all of those same things happened, but it didn't affect anything that we're talking about. So it it really is interesting how that happens. But those those are both great takes with the quarterbacks and the wide receivers.
0: Let's move on to your third takeaway for the the week, Darren. What is it?
1: Okay, I think this is the last time I can reference this phrase strictly because I think it has been corrected. We have talked a couple of different times, or I have talked a couple of different times about the upside down uh, and how we are now in the SEC is, is now firmly planted in, in Hawkins, Indiana. And we live in the upside down because of the way the first five weeks went. But I think, I believe the character's name is Eleven has has come out of the house and did her very, very loud scream, ran off the Demogorgon, and the upside down is now right side up. Because <laughs> we are now th- – things may change. There's always that possibility, especially in the SEC. Things may change. Yeah. But for now, it looks like it, uh, the the number one spot in the SEC West is Alabama. The number one spot in the SEC East is Georgia. And it looks like they are on a collision course headed to Atlanta. Things can still change, but there's where we that's where we are. So as opposed to a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about Georgia and Kentucky and all this different the season is today, looks like we would be more more along the lines of a Georgia, Alabama, even if it ends up being a Georgia LSU, that doesn't catch anybody off guard. The the upside down is now right side up, and we're looking at things the way we're accustomed to looking at them. So I, I think I think we finally come out of the upside down, at least. For today,
0: well played, and that's a great segue <laughs> to to my third takeaway, and that is rumors of Alabama's death were premature. <laughs> Saban's still doing it; he's still yep. getting wins. Jalen Milroe had his best game statistically all year in a hostile environment at Kyle mm-hmm. Field, mm-hmm. and we blinked, and suddenly Alabama is the front runner in the SEC West. Yep. They're, they're not going anywhere.
1: And it, it makes you feel kind of silly if you've ever had a conversation about the fact they might be uh, when when this kind of stuff happens.
0: <laughs> and I have, and I, most yeah. of my conversations are wishful thinking. Staben's <laughs> lost it. Alabama's not as tough. Please, please let it be so. Let it be so. It's part of my my daily prayers. Please, Lord, um, um, will you just put it into Saban's heart that he decides to walk away and retire? He's done enough, dear Lord. Please bless him the rest of his life. But can you just have him resign as the Alabama head football coach?
1: Flip, <laughs> flip through Ben's prayer journal. <laughs> Day twenty six. Please let Saban retire. Day seventy one. Please let Saban retire.
0: <laughs> Well, let's move on to this week in sports history. October 13th. 1853, Boston Corners, New York. Champion prize fighter Yankee Sullivan is being challenged for his title by John Morrissey.
1: Morrissey literally threw
0: his hat in the ring to begin the fight. Morrissey was younger and bigger than Sullivan, but Sullivan had a storied history of winning fights. The two were rivals in every way, in the ring, in the community, and in the political arena. On this day, Morrissey held the advantage from the very beginning. It was obvious who would be the winner. In the 37th round, Sullivan lifted Morrissey and attempted to throw him out of the ring. However, Morrissey supporters would not have it. They crowded the side of the ring and refused to let Morrissey tossed over the first. The pro-Morrissey crowd had been effective in taunting Sullivan for the majority of the bout, and this was the final straw. Sullivan left the ring and began swinging at people in the crowd. The fight ended because Sullivan left the ring and Morrissey was awarded the title. Oh, thank you. Moving on to our CBS Sports Pick'em. And Darren, I believe we have a new frontrunner.
1: That is correct. We have a front runner in sole possession of first place by one point. Uh, and, and you and I in the past have have maligned the fact that we've ended up near the bottom. Well, even though our names are at the bottom of this list, this is just the top three. We're not at the bottom. There are more than three people playing, so we're not not at the bottom. We're just at the bottom of the top three, which you know what? I'll take it. I'm not going to fuss about that. I'm all in on that. But Zach, who is a strong contender in any of our pick'em games that we play year in and year out, whether it be basketball or football, and he's also really, really good at at, um, fantasy football. Uh, he, He regularly wins in fantasy football as well. But he is now in sole possession of first place by one point. Paul, who had his, let's call it meteoric rise to the top with his perfect game a couple of weeks ago where he called every game correctly, is in second. And then you and I are hanging out in close but no cigar third, but we're tied. I guess we're fighting over the cigar at this point. Is that one?
0: <laughs> There's nothing to fight over, Darren. If you're not first, you're last.
1: That's right. Second place is first loser. Is that, one?
0: <laughs> is that the first Ricky Bobby reference we've had on this show?
1: I think it may be, honestly. How
0: did we go this long without a single Ricky Bobby
1: reference? It's a very, very insulting to the Shaky bake. I can tell you that. I don't know how our, we did that.
0: <laughs>
1: suddenly our credibility is in question. <laughs> it, it really is.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but congratulations to Zach. His yes. team, the OU Sooners, won a huge game <laughs> this weekend. And he's in first place on the Bruin Shavers CBS Sports Pick'Em. If you would like pretty to be if you'd like to dethrone Zach, then join in the competition. You, even if you haven't done it yet, you can still sign up and be a part of it this week. All you got to do is log in to CBS Sports Pick'em, look for Brewing Shavers, and uh, our password we make available. It's um, I forgot what it is. Was is it like one two three A B C D E F G H I J K? I don't know. It's something like that.
1: There's an X and an ampersand in there. It's Pick'em one two three. <laughs> Pick'em one two three four. Hey. I can't uh, – it'll show up at the end. I can't remember okay. <laughs> I think it's it, pick them one, two, three, exclamation point, I think. It
0: will be there for you to sign up. It's yes. very easy. Yes. And we, we we hope that you'll join in the fun. So let's go to our standings between Darren and I. And, Darren, you still got a lead.
1: It's still a win. I think te- – was that technically be a half-game lead if we were doing it like a baseball? Because you have a more – you have one more win, but I have – I don't know how that works. Anyway, I'm still technically in the lead, but not by much.
0: (laughs) So years ago, the first year I ever played fantasy football, this was way, way back. And we didn't use the automated, you know, the Yahoo or whoever you're using. Mm -hmm, They tabulate mm -hmm. all the stats for you. Well, we designated a person to tabulate all the stats for that year. He ended up winning. Well, the next year we went to one of the ones that, tabulates everything automatically, he never won again.
1: (laughs) Now, am I drawing a parallel between (laughs) him and you, Darren? I
0: I wouldn't go that far, but I'm just throwing it out there to think about.
1: All of our records are on CBS Sports Pick'Em. Just saying. We are using the automated. If it were my tabulation, not only would I lose, everyone would lose. That would be... (laughs) (laughs) That Darren, would not go starting, well.
0: You're starting to backtrack
1: and sweat like a
0: politician. <laughs> <laughs>
1: hey, like, 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 I'm backtracking like Mario Cristobal trying to take a knee. Is that, oh, wait, no. Never. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it was too you easy. Just, it was, def- it was deflection. It.
0: <laughs> that is heaping it on. You know, that's... <laughs> wow. I couldn't help it. He picked up the shovel and started throwing on the dirt. (laughs) Pretty
1: much. I I can't deny it. (laughs) Well, speaking of shovels and dirt, all right, go ahead. (laughs) Well, let's
0: go ahead and move to our picks for this week. The number one ranked Georgia Bulldogs are traveling to the construction zone, otherwise known (laughs) as Vanderbilt's home football stadium, uh, to face the Commodores, whose season has been somewhat disappointing. Darren – I'm going to go ahead because I know you've got a lot more emotionally invested in this. Georgia is my pick.
1: Yeah. <laughs> they will. T- they will turn say? the construction zone into a destruction zone, and it'll be done. This they. What was the? See, remember the it was it Georgia Tech versus Cumberland University, uh, two hundred and ninety nine to nothing that record might be in question this weekend. I'm just saying Georgia wins and wins big. (laughs) Unfortunately, I wish I could say something different, but it's just the reality of where we are. Yeah. I appreciate your honesty.
0: (laughs) The Arkansas Razorbacks who are in turmoil with an offensive Mm -hmm. coordinator who is responding to critical emails that students send in. Sam Pittman, I think is officially on the hot seat, at least from the, Discussions I've had with diehard Razorback fans who are incredibly Mm -hmm. upset Mm -hmm. right now. There's a chance if they can go into Tuscaloosa and pull out a very unlikely victory that things could turn around for them. But as we've already talked about, Saban seems to have his uh, Crimson Tide going in a a great direction. 11th Mm -hmm. ranked, a big win over A&M. Darren, I've I've got Alabama in this one. What about you?
1: Yeah, I, I agree completely. Anything that you may perceive as a strength that Saul could try to utilize and maybe exploit, it, it doesn't seem to be a weakness right now for Alabama. So there doesn't really seem to be any open doors. Hate it for Sam Pittman, but yeah, this is definitely an Alabama win. The AM
0: Aggies coming off of that mm-hmm. loss to uh, Alabama are traveling to Knoxville uh, to face the 19th ranked Tennessee volunteers. So, this is one of those games that you really have to step back and look at it. Uh, yep. well, who are you picking, Darren?
1: Well, Josh Heupel, in his time at Tennessee, is 2-0 and coming out of bye weeks. So, you would think that says this is a Tennessee win. However, you know, take me out to the ball game says it's one, two, there we go, three strikes you're out. I think this third time will will not be three times the charm. It will be the third strike and and, and go negative against him this time. I think A&M is going to show up to Knoxville ready to play. I think D.J. Durkin can scheme in such a way, not necessarily as to confuse Joe Milton, because I I think Joe Milton sees and diagnoses defenses really well, but I think he can scheme in such a way as to get pressure on Joe Milton, make him nervous in the pocket, which when that happens, the number one weakness of Joe Milton uh, comes out and, and he can have the potential to come out heavy, and that is overthrow, overthrow, overthrow. And even when he doesn't overthrow, you know, it's a it's a quick, you know, five and in hitch, and he's throwing at the guy at 93 miles per hour and it bounces off the guy's hands or his face mask or whatever, and it leads to a lot of incompletions. I think the ANM defense can cause that kind of, of, of ruckus uh in the backfield for Tennessee and in the pocket, disrupting the pocket for Joe Milton. And their offense has enough firepower. I think this is, it makes me nervous with it being on the road, but I'm going to stick with it. I think this is an AM upset over Tennessee. They win this game in Knoxville. Who, who do you take? You know, Darren, it, it's hard when we have
0: um, long-held biases. Mm-hmm. It's hard to see beyond that. <laughs> it's kind of like whenever I listen to Greg McElroy or Roman Harper make picks, <laughs> and they always pick against LSU. Right. Or they played at Alabama. They hate LSU. Right.
2: And right. I know
0: I know, it's just part of the human condition. We struggle to see past our biases, some that have been mm-hmm. have taught to us been talked to us since we were little children. (laughs) And I wonder if you may be dealing with this right now, Darren, Um, but I'm going to go with the Tennessee volunteers. I I think uh, I'm a little concerned about the performance that I saw from Max Johnson against Alabama. They got after him. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was not his best day. Now maybe Petrino can, can get him going uh, and, and get him, playing better against Tennessee, but that's going to be – Neyland Stadium is going to be – It's going to be rocking. That's a tough place to play. I think you described it once as daunting.
1: Yes. You can't deny that. (laughs) It definitely is. And and I'll tell you this, I think you do make a valid point, even though obviously we see differently of who who is going to have that better outcome. But I think the defense that can rattle the other team's QB – leads their team to victory, yeah. whether that be, whether that be Tennessee or a like I said, we, we obviously see that differently, but I, I think that, I think we definitely see that similarity that that's, that's who leads their team. Whoever can rattle the other team's quarterback takes their, puts their team on their back and, and takes them to, to the finish line.
0: Yeah. yeah. The Florida Gators are traveling to South Carolina to face Shane Beamer and the South Carolina Gamecocks. Interesting matchup here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Darren, I, I've talked about the job Shane Beamer is doing, and even though South Carolina is not what I would call in the upper tier of the SEC, I, I do think they have enough to win this game. It's it's going to be a home game. It's going to be rocking. Uh, sandstorm's going to be it, – it, it, everything's going to yeah. be there. So I'm going to go with South Carolina. How about you?
1: I agree completely. You know, I think Florida has some potential. I I think this would be a much scarier game if I'm a South Carolina fan and and my team has to go to Gainesville. But I I don't think this Florida team, Graham Mertz uh, particularly, even though he's got an incredible, what's it 80% or something like that, completion percentage, I, I don't think that dink and dunk stuff at a high completion rate will give you enough momentum in a, in an environment like Columbia, South Carolina, to actually do some damage to this team. So I I, I agree with you. It's a South Carolina win.
0: Yeah. The Auburn Tigers, led by a new coach, Hugh Freeze, are traveling to Baton Rouge for a Saturday mm-hmm. night game in Death Valley against the 22nd ranked LSU Tigers. You're looking at this, uh, LSU's defense is still pretty bad. Uh, they – they improved a little bit. I thought the defensive line did a little better, uh, mm-hmm. but the back end still has a, a ways to go. Can Auburn exploit that? When you look at this game, Darren, uh, wh- what do you think?
1: I, I think the answer is Auburn can't exploit anything. People get real excited about anything that Hugh Freeze does, uh, but I'm i am I'm blanking on the quarterback's name, uh, Thorne, Patrick Thorne for Auburn. Uh he can't throw a forward pass. So, uh, you know, this is the best case scenario for LSU. Uh, their, their secondary has had some issues. But, I mean, you, you know, the last game before the bye uh, that, that people were so excited about for Auburn, I forget, uh, I can't recall off the top of my head with the play, but they had 59 yards passing. Uh, you're just not you cannot beat an LSU offense when that's all your offense can do. It doesn't matter to me how rough some of the outings for the LSU defense has been. You cannot beat this LSU team with that kind of offense. I I th- In Death Valley, this is a resounding victory. This takes away all the good vibes that the uh, Auburn folks have been feeling (laughs) coming off the last couple of weeks. I I think this is going to be a a little bit of a get-right game for LSU. I think their defense is able to do some things, and their offense is just dominant. How about you? How do you see this one going?
0: I think the defense, if they continue to make positive steps, uh, I see an LSU win here. Uh, other, if they don't, then LSU is going to have to score 60 points to win. Mm-hmm. Jaden Daniels is the real deal. If there were mm-hmm. still any doubters out there, the, how he came back from that, what was a late hit in the end zone that wasn't yep. called and yep. and uh, bruised his ribs. He came back in that game. If he doesn't come back in that game, LSU does not win against Missouri. An incredibly gutsy performance. He laid it out, all out on the line. Uh, I'm a big, big uh, fan of Jaden Daniels and the job he's doing, and I'm going to stick with him LSU for the victory. The Missouri Tigers, one of my favorite teams, except when they're playing LSU, (laughs) led by (laughs) – their coach Eli Drink with
1: nice. Well done.
0: <laughs> I thought they, they played a great game against oh, LSU. Yeah. I was very impressed with their team. Uh you know, they went up 22 7 Yep. Wow. Everything was working for them. I, I think they are a team to be reckoned with. They're traveling mm-hmm. to the 24th ranked Kentucky Wildcats who are back home in Lexington nursing their wounds after completely being dismantled by the Georgia Bulldogs 31 to seven at halftime. There should be a mercy rule at that point. This let them go home. It's over. I'm very concerned about Kentucky showing up in the big games. They're coming off a humiliating loss. Missouri's coming off mm-hmm. of a hard fought loss. Both of them have motivation here. Darren, I'm going to roll the dice and go with the, the Missouri tigers.
1: Nice. You know, that call makes sense uh, because when you look at it quarterback to quarterback comparison, you you have no choice, but to go with Brady cook, but uh, I I will play into my biases again here. Uh, Even though he isn't wearing black and gold this year. um, I think Ray Davis has, has the potential to change a game like this. Um, You know, unfortunately, Devin Leary may have 87 yards passing, but, if Ray Davis has the game like he had a couple of weeks ago and has 200 plus yards in the first half, that can change. You know, if you keep Brady cook off the field, you minimize what he can do to you. Now, that being said, all he has to do is find Luther burden a couple of times and that changes everything again. But you know, I'm going to give this Mark Stoops team credit for being able to find their fight and, 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 and pull this off in Lexington. So, so I'm going to go with Kentucky on this one.
0: Nice. Uh, Ray Davis, an incredible running back. That's a great point, Darren.
1: Ah, there's our password. <laughs> well, remember to join the
0: Bruin Shaver Sports Pick'Em. Make your picks. Send us out of the top three. That's right. And let us know that you know more about college football than we do. <laughs>
1: That's right. <laughs> Go to
0: CBS Sports, college football, pick them. Look for Bruin Shavers, pick them. Passwords, pick them. One, two, three, four, exclamation point. And I believe it's time, Darren.
2: Hi. You're in four down territory.
0: Four Down Territory, where we make our sure thing pick of the week, our upset pick of the week, and our brown bag pick from last week. Darren, who is your sure thing pick of the week?
1: Well, I'm telling you that this might not be a pick you would expect me to make. Well, based on how I pick the game, maybe you do. But I'm going with Georgia. Clark Lee proved me wrong. That's all, (laughs) And I don't think there's a way he can. This is just going to be – it's almost it's almost embarrassing that I would pick it as the sure thing because it is such a sure thing, but maybe just out of spite for how the season is going, I'm going with Georgia as, as my sure thing. How about you, Ben?
0: Yeah. Um, well, as I look at this schedule, I, I think the one I keep coming back with, I'm going to go with the Tennessee Volunteers. And just listen and embrace it. This is Neyland Stadium coming to life. A big win over AM Saturday.
1: You, you've never made me cheer harder for AM. <laughs> <You've>, <laughs> I gotta tell you, I, 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 man, they make me nervous, but. I, I, I see your point.
0: <laughs> do, you need a, do you need a moment? Do you need a moment, Darren?
1: Do you need to decompress? Just to collect myself a little bit. <laughs> did I just trigger you? You did, because in a matter of a 35-second span, we went from me picking against Vanderbilt to you playing Rocky Top and picking Tennessee. It got difficult there for a minute.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, Let's let's move on then. Please. <laughs> how, about, how about your upset pick of the week? I, I'm going to go the opposite of everything you just did. My upset pick of the week is A&M. <laughs> so nice, if, you're pick, nice. if you're going to pick a team to go in Knoxville and win in Neyland, you got to hang with them and make it your upset pick. <laughs> A&M it is. How about you? Who's your upset pick?
0: I'm sticking with the Missouri Tigers going into Lexington and coming out with a victory.
1: That's going to be a fun game to watch for both mm-hmm. on both sides of that. It's going to be a fun game to watch. How about your brown bag pick from last week? I am going with SEC officiating, specifically in the uh, Alabama A&M game. Uh, Let's see. I'm going to make sure I get the names right here. Chris Braswell blocks a field goal so cleanly that it looked like he caught it. You can see on further replay, uh, watching it a few times, that it bounced off the ground and it just went back straight back into his hands. But it was still such a clean block, and he just takes off running. It is a beautiful uh, return for a touchdown, scoop and score, whatever, everything that could motivate a team and, and give a, a kid on a team a bright, shiny moment happens. And then here comes a flag because 15 yards behind the play, having no bearing whatsoever on the play. Uh, let me again get the name right. Dallas Turner hits shoulder to shoulder with a guy uh, with an AM player who I guess if he may have been another eight or 10 inches more narrow, they he could have found the guy's back outside of that. There's no way it was a blindside uh, block. There's no way he hit the backside of his shoulder even if he did it was a barely any contact it is in no way what was in mind when those blocks were made illegal it was an awful call no matter which team you like it was an awful call so brown bag to the sec refs on that one horrible call hey we um
0: we can't get fined for criticizing the officials can we <laughs>
1: We are not in that pay bracket. No. (laughs) We have no budget for that, Darren. (laughs) We do not. That is very correct. (laughs) They might find us in nuggets. We might be able to pull that off. (laughs) I mean, we're putting all of our money into these graphics.
0: Come on, man.
1: (laughs) Your helmet's lower this week, by the way. It's not not consuming you. (laughs) I am beating back
0: (laughs) the the helmet that's trying to slowly digest me. It's like that episode. You remember uh, the episode of the X-Files where Mulder and Scully, and it's some sort of, what was it, a plant or something, or they were somewhere and they were slowly being
1: digested. (laughs) That's what this helmet is. But you're fighting back. You're not taking it. That's That's right. uh, 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 What's your brown bag pick? I'm going to take it. Oh, shoot. My brown
0: bag pick of the week, Mark Stoops. I apologize to you. I apologize to the Kentucky football team. And and then you came out and traveled to Athens and didn't show up.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I want to get behind you. I think you're a great coach. Uh, I think you're doing a good work in, in, in Kentucky. Uh, but at some point, you've got to take that next step if you want to compete with the big dogs. And at some mm-hmm. point, you Go in and lay some haymakers and knock out the champ. 37 at halftime, that wasn't much of a fight. And so I'm sorry, I'm going to have to give my brown bag to Kentucky.
1: Very, very valid point.
0: Grease me deeply. Yes. Let's move on to our postgame quarter of the week where we want to honor someone who was taken from us way too early. And that is Absolutely. the the never-replicated, completely unique personality of Mike Leach.
2: The weddings, um, I'm in the middle of planning one right now. Do you have you any are, advice for me? Who yeah. are you marrying? His name is Trevor. Okay, yeah, well, <clears throat> I'll have to you set up a meeting and I'll talk to him. Um, okay, so uh, where's Trevor from
0: he's from Florida.
2: What does Trevor do for a living?
0: He works in sports as well covers football
2: He does what
0: he covers football as well
2: Really? Well, I don't know. We'll keep a close eye on it But whatever you and Trevor decide I would kind of keep it on the down low what you failed to do that Trevor was probably planning to but you didn't uh, So go ahead and uh, uh, don't, don't say anything else about it, but as soon as the season's over, or even an off week, go elope. Trust me on that. Go elope, because uh, basically every female in the family is going to terrorize you guys until it's over. Once it's over, I mean, they'll be upset for a few days, but it'll be over, and then, you know, you cruise away, uh, along, have a happy marriage, have a happy life.
1: I'll pass along the message. Thanks, Coach. Congrats on the win.
2: Trevor, unless he's crazy, is totally on my side. Trust me on this. If Trevor doesn't uh, uh, have the sense to do that, tell him to call me because, I mean, he needs to do trust. – I've told all my kids, I'll give you $10,000 extra if you elope. So far, they haven't done it, but I would, too. I'll have him call you for sure. All right. Thanks, Coach. All right.
1: (laughs) That's a much longer clip than we usually play. But the mm-hmm. fact that, and I know we talked about it last year when we played this one, when we played the audio of this one, the fact that you can tell she's like, uh, you know, she's gotten what she's wanted. She asked him a question. She got a Mike reach response, but she's also got TV con- time constraints that she has to deal with. So she's all right, coach. Th- thank you. Thank you for your answer. Congratulations. And he's like, this guy better agree with me. If not, have him call me. And he just keeps rolling. <laughs> Yeah. It is such vintage, Mike Leach. <laughs>
0: it, it is, and he is, he is so missed. And I yes. believe, Darren, that that took place a about a year from from yeah. this week today. W-
1: within a couple of days of being yeah. almost a year to the date. Yeah, it, it was it was very very close, and that's why when we talked about it, we decided we wanted to play it because it was such a great. It was everything that is a Mike Leach conversation in a 90-second window. It it really, really was Mm -hmm. just, man, like you said, so, so very, very missed. Brought so much to every conversation you ever saw him be a part of.
0: Thank you for for pulling that up, Darren, and playing that. Great choice. Also, thank you for those of you who are are watching and and watch every week or or listen, Mm -hmm. wherever you watch or listen. We appreciate you. Uh, We encourage you to make some picks on CBS Sports. Uh, Subscribe to us, follow us, like, comment. Um, That helps us, uh, and we appreciate that so, so very much. Remember, new episodes drop every Tuesday morning about 6 a.m., but listen, watch at your convenience, and uh, we appreciate any and all interaction. So y'all have a great week. College football is on every night except for Friday. Go to the high school football games, turn that TV off, and we'll see you next week. Until then, y'all take care. Have a great week. Thank you for making the Brew and Shaver Sports Podcast your go-to sports show. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review our show if you haven't already. Your feedback is so important. Let us know what you think about this week's show. Send an email to brewandshavers at gmail.com or a text to our text line, 318 318- 318 three nine zero three five nine nine we look forward to hearing from you thank you again for listening to the brew and shaver sports podcast see you next week